0: to Bit Friends podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Bit Friends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Molyneux. For more information about Bit Friends, you can visit us at www.bitfriends.org. You can also call us at 844-374-3639. Again, that is 844-374-3639. 3-9. Welcome to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So on today's show, I have two special guests. I have Scott and Kevin. So welcome, fellas. How are you?
1: Hey, Mark. Hey, how's it going?
0: Doing well, doing well. Can't complain. Well, I can't complain. Our weather's crazy, but <laughs> beyond that, I'm doing well. Uh, hopefully you two are. So this is what we're going to do. Before we get into our discussion... I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself so our listening audience can know who who's on my show. So we'll start with Scott.
2: Sure. I am Scott Catholic. I'm a CPA in Minneapolis um, or in, uh, Eden Prairie, the suburbs. I uh, manage a 20 person accounting firm. I've been doing comedy for 16 years. Uh, I've had vitiligo for about 35 years, and. Um, uh, I'm glad that Alicia had connected. I ran into Alicia on the streets of New Prague, Minnesota. I, um, yeah. you know, any, anybody I see with vitiligo, it's like, hey, we're vitiligo buddies. And then um, the minute I meet her, all of a sudden I'm hooked into this, this organization. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry, I met you. Um, but uh, I'm uh, really enjoying it and, and Alicia has been great and, and she does so much for the organization and, and making awareness and I think that's wonderful. So
0: absolutely absolutely and she is a wonderful person but you know what's funny i've never met alicia in person
2: okay i will meet her for the first time
0: (laughs) when i go to minnesota so it's great i'll I'll have that opportunity to actually speak to her and give a high five fist bump whatever we're gonna do yeah Yeah. let me throw it over to kevin welcome kevin introduce yourself please
1: um kevin saha i am a stand-up comedian that's just what i do um been on showtime i've just released a comedy album that went out on Pandora, Spotify, and all the other you know, streaming stuff. I've uh, been doing comedy for 16 years, Vitiligo. Um, to my knowledge, I would say about five years. Uh, before that, I just had white spots that I wasn't sure about what they were. Right. And I just kind of played it off as it was just, maybe I spilled bleach. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, but yeah, you I got know, diagnosed. Vitiligo. And, oh,
1: okay. And, uh, well, no, once I got diagnosed, then I... I that's when I realized like, yeah, I get sunburned very easily on those spots and it hurts. And I'm right. like, oh now I knew what to look for and what to look out for. So
2: What's funny is yeah. my when I get sunburn I don't get it doesn't hurt. It gets, you know, beat red, but then there's no pain like like a normal sunburn on on, on pigmented skin. So oh you know
0: and i don't get sunburn at all um i've worked summer camps and i'm out in the sun and all day long you know i put on my sunscreen but i don't yeah. get sunburn now yeah. probably if i went to the beach and sat there all day i would but yeah. you know and i guess everybody's skin's just a little different of course yeah. um yeah so let's talk about uh vitiligo you know that journey's different for everybody yeah. so Kevin, you're 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 the newbie to vitiligo. You know, I've had it for twenty five plus years, and Scott thirty five. Mm-hmm. And um, and, and as you said, you saw it. You said, "Oh man, looks like bleach, or maybe I've bleached mm-hmm. my skin or something." Um, what are some other thoughts or or feelings that came about once you were told, "Hey, you have this thing called vitiligo"?
1: Honestly, I. I'm extremely pale. So it's not a huge deal. Like in the winter, you can't even tell that I have it. So <laughs> See, yeah, here in it, Minnesota, we only have vitiligo for six
2: months. Yeah. And then...
1: <laughs> <I'm> right. <laughs> but I, I do have like white spots in the beard and that's where that's the right. noticeable one. But then at the same time, I'm 42. So I can play that <laughs> off too, you know? So, Absolutely. but it, 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 was different. I know I have a lot of people bring up the Michael Jackson thing and it's just like, right. Yeah. Yeah, he had it, <laughs> like right. But no, and it's. I mean, it's. I think now, now that I can look up like different things, because like I said, I would get like, um, it's. I got it on my hands when I get too much sun. It would get like right. blistery, almost like just like I would get like acne. It felt like, and it would hurt. And I didn't understand what was going on. But now that I know, it's like it kind of helped me out a little bit finding out what right. it was.
0: Now, real quick before we get to Scott, I wonder if the regions that we live in play a big part of how much we get burnt or not. You know, I'm not I'm not sure, I never asked that question to the doctor, you know, I just, you know, hey, I've been a you know, protect yourself in the sun. But I can almost imagine, you know, depending on where you live in the world, you know, whether you get more sunburn or whether it's more serious than others and to what degree, that's a good question. You know, I, I wonder about that. Um, but let's go to Scott. Uh, let's talk about your vitiligo, um, you know, when you were first diagnosed and, you know, your thoughts and feelings. And then we'll dig into some more, some other questions.
2: You know, I really haven't spent a lot of time with doctors on it. Um, any, anybody that I've talked to has said, well, there's nothing we can do about it. You know, unless right. you want to go through the, the lasers and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and so most of the skin doctors here really don't spend a whole lot of time on it. They don't, um, you know, they don't worry too much about it. Um, the, the good thing is, it, it's not going to kill me. And, and that, right. you know, right. you know it, it, it's not like diabetes. It's not like a cancer. It, it's you know it it spots and, and 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 again you know like i say in minnesota i have it for 6 months a year and then you know november comes and it gets cold and and, and any tan you had disappears instantly and, right. and um it's almost it's kind of like when you go to the airport you know, and, and you go on a nice trip and you get a nice tan. When you come back into Minnesota, the, the, the fans underneath those um, doors that you open up just sucks the tan right off of you. And, <laughs> and so, so, you know, I, it's never bothered me. I, you know, again, I, I've got spots and, and, and right. you know, right. um, do, does it bother me? No. And it's, it's funny because over the course of the summer now, my spots will will become more prominent. Um, and then by the fall, all of a sudden they disappear completely. And, and so, you know, and, and I'm, I'm symmetrical. I've got it in my both hands and, 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 you know, my, my feet, it looks like I have golf socks on, you know, it it is, (laughs) it's it's perfect, you know, it's perfect, you know, cuts off (laughs) right at the top of my golf socks and, and, um, people are like, oh, you golf a lot. No, I have vitiligo and, and, and it really, you know, I've got white feet and, and it's weird. And, and so it's, it's never bothered me like I say, if I get out and I'm in the sun too long, you know, my hands will get beat red, right. But they won't hurt. And I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me even under underneath my eyes. It'll, it'll get beat red also, but never a big pain. Um, you know, where, but I will, you know, it will dry out fast and it will flake and all of a sudden I'm right. getting, <laughs> shedding skin everywhere, which is <laughs> absolutely kind of weird. <laughs> so, but, um, so yeah, it, it hasn't and and again, emotionally I I'm not bothered. You know, and again, right. you know, people of color who really have it,
0: I, you know, boy,
2: I, I see that and 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 that and that's that's hard. I I to me that that would be very very hard. Um, you know, and 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 I know what it is doesn't bother me. And and again, like I say, half half of the year I don't have it. Um, right. but boy, people who who ha, you know have lost pigment in their hands and face and and um Boy, that that's got to be a little bit more of a challenge for them. And, and well, and that's and that's a yeah. thing
1: too. I was going to say, like, as far as when you see people who other people who have it, you kind of want to say something, but you don't know where they're at with yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. So then Absolutely. you're like, I don't know if I'm gonna, you know, like if if they if they, maybe they don't even know what it is, you know, and then you're just yeah. telling right. them, and it's like you don't want to be that person. So yeah. it's kind of. Yeah. We've been kind of
2: hard to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we, and, were in Ve- what, we, were, we were in Vegas one time, and right. the blackjack dealer had vitiligo, and the guy next to me had vitiligo. It's like, hey, we're all vitiligo buddies, and <laughs> they still took our money. And so, <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, what is what is unique? I'm glad you brought that up because you know when you when you talk about people of color, it is a different experience um, because in the winter, you can't hide it. You know, yeah. yeah. In the summer, yeah. you can't hide it. It's right. there. You know, yeah. Yeah. and. i I remember talking to a gentleman that um he's darker complexion than myself you know i'm light but i you can still see my vitiligo yeah 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 but this gentleman said and and he was really serious about it he said you know i'm no longer black you know and i said that's not true i said Your skin may be changing, but it doesn't take away your ethnicity or your identity or your values or any of that. Yeah. It just yeah, makes yeah. your skin a different yeah. color, but you are still yeah. who you were born. You know, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't take away any of that. Yeah. And yeah. um, and, and I'm laughing because I, I had a kid uh, today at school point out to me said, you know, you have white skin just like I do. He said, but you also have black skin. I said, yeah. I said that's what vitiligo does. It changes. It takes away the pigmentation, which is, you know, I showed him my natural color and explained to him. And he's just like, okay, that's yeah. fine. You yeah. know, and that's how I think the kids are at that stage where I'm fine. It's okay. I, you know, I still like you regardless. But as the adults, you know, we get into this thing of ownership over vitiligo. But I I think, you know, if we do the research, it affects anybody around the world doesn't matter what your mm-hmm. ethnicity is doesn't matter about your economics none of that religion politics none of it matters because it affects any one of us and that's what we need to take with it you know instead of pointing out well that person's white they can't have bit of like well, or they don't experience this and that. no yeah. yes. we all have the same condition none of that matters you know yeah um well
1: and there was two i had a couple people that asked if it's contagious
0: you
1: know, <laughs> you yeah. did you touch him? You touch him? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> start, ch- <laughs> start chasing him around, you know? yeah, right? it's um,
2: yeah. yeah, contagious. <laughs> so, you know, and the, but that brings back to the question: is what causes it? You know, and, right. and, and no one's ever told me the cause, and and um and and what changes yeah. and what 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 forces you know that on us. I mean, if someone said, "Hey, because you ate too many cheeseburgers as a kid," right. you know, you got I, you got I mean, you know,
1: <laughs> I um, could tell you my exactly when it happened for me was i was doing a huge new year's eve show and we had like four grand invested in this and i mean it there was just i mean i was and it was december 19th and i sold four tickets oh and i went to bed and i woke up in the morning and i was gonna brush my teeth and i saw a white spot on my beard stress and i was like where did that spot come from and i just it 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 wasn't there the night before all of a sudden it just was there and it just kept growing. And all of a sudden I saw them on my hands and it just, right. and it was just that, that yeah. stress. I mean, the, the show yeah. we broke even, so that all worked out, but that was when I realized like, that's what it was. It was stress. It was just right. that much stress just kicked it in.
0: Now, and uh, yeah, I let me, I'm going to share my first experience with a dermatologist. Cause when I started my vitiligo, you know, of course, you don't know what's happening because You know, this is the 90s. It's not a lot of information. Of course, we know about Michael Jackson. There was controversy with that. You know, he's bleaching the skin and all this. And as I was starting to see my own skin change, I went to a dermatologist. And um, my experience was very, very, I laugh at it because it was horrible. Um, (laughs) I sat in the room and waited and waited and waited. I probably read every magazine in there. He walked in. He sat across from me. I feel like he didn't even look at me, you know, and back then, you know, when you go into a doctor's, you know, we used to do the, the least, least let me put the little blue robe on or something. And, you know, we didn't even do the cough test, nothing. You know, he just walked <laughs> in and looked at me and walked out. And I'm like, wow, this man must have some magic. He didn't even have to look at me or anything. And then he came back with a pamphlet and a, and a prescription. You have vitiligo. Well, how do you know? You didn't look at me. Like, you didn't examine. At least check check a pulse or something. You know, he just, he just yeah. automatically assumed, I know what you have. This is what you need. And bye. And I sat in the car for a minute. And I'm thinking to myself, man, what just happened? Like, that was horrible. And everyone in this area that sees that doctor has the same experience, <laughs> even to this day. And it's like, he should not deal with any vitiligo patients, you know. <laughs> um, but but it is one of those things where, you know, vitiligo is going to do what it wants to do. When yeah. And and I do find when I'm stressed, highly stressed, I get more spots. So I try not to stress. You know, mm. I, I try to paint, draw, whatever. You know, you'll find I laugh a lot. Because I try not to stress about things. All things are stressful. Um, and you know, it's just weird, you know, and I've had people say, well, you don't have much on your face. No, I don't have to have it on my face. I still have vitiligo, you know? Yeah. And I think you know. that's one of the myths about vitiligo, you know, what are some things that you guys have heard about vitiligo and you come to find out besides it being contagious that you find out that's not true.
2: Well, that's so much true, but um they say also trauma can have yes. an effect on the vitiligo. Now, um, when I was a kid, I, I was climbing on something I should have fell back, landed on concrete, hit my head. Um, you know, did that cause the, at least the start of it? Um, right. When we were in our 20s, we were in a significant car accident. Um, uh, you know, did that cause, uh, but my wife doesn't have it. So, you know, you know who, does, who has it? And when you say stress causes it, and I work in an industry that, that, that's pretty stressful. We got a lot of tax right. returns and all that stuff that and a due date. But I'm the only one with vitiligo, so you know Right. Is, you know, is it you know, I guess I'm not applying enough stress to the people around me.
0: You know, so. If it was really stress, it'll be a, a nation or world oh, yeah. of vitiligo people. I mean, yes, like everybody wanted to return. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: see, my mom told me that I don't eat enough protein. So
0: Okay, wow. get the rickets. And she must know. I
1: don't I don't know. My doctor <laughs> didn't know that, but she uh... <laughs> right.
0: look, I'm gonna tell y'all the, the greatest remedy I was told. And my foolish self at the point at that time tried it. Somebody was like, <laughs> "Oh, vitiligo is just a fungus. Get some Head and Shoulders and and rub okay. it on your skin." And I'm thinking, that's stupid, but I'm gonna try it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, oh, my skin feels smooth, but let me go and put it in my hair. That's yeah, where it yeah, should yeah, be, yeah. you know. But when I and oh, I use Head
2: and Shoulders all the time, it just, right? You know, now I got vitiligo, you know, and 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 you know, or um deodorant with a lot of aluminum in it, you know, is that a problem? And is that was causing right. it on top right. of the Alzheimer's that you can get? All the, all those things. You know, so
0: everything. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. At the so, end of the day
2: it'll all kill us.
1: <laughs> eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and but you know what, I mean, but that's the thing. Um, when we talk to our community, um, we have to encourage people who are really struggling with it to know that yeah. it, it is not going to kill you. However, you know, I do understand the challenges that come with it. You know, I dealt with the depression, the anxiety and all that good stuff and uh, the low self-esteem because, you know, you look in the mirror, you start to see yourself change and you just don't know how much or when it's going to do its thing. Even to this day, you know, I still wonder, well, it's all over my body. I don't have much on my face, but is that going to change? I have a spot on my neck that I watch often has not changed in years. I'm around my mouth has not changed in years. Yeah. So I'm like, well, maybe I'm okay, but I don't know. Plus, in the moment's notice, that a lot of can say, hey, guess what? I'm going to take over your whole body and nothing you can do about it. Yeah. yeah. You know, um,
2: But it doesn't change it, you as a person. No, and not, that's at the,
0: that, you know, not at
2: I, all. I've got 500 clients, and nobody's ever said, hey, we're not going to go to Scott because he's got vitiligo or, or he's got spots on his face or his hands are spotty. Right. Nobody's ever, ever, you know nobody's ever made a comment about it you know which which is is odd but but yet you know it's it's something that that you know i can get through the day without having any additional stresses because i have been
0: liable absolutely well i think the problem lies within us we see things as a problem because you know i i think Deep down in our core, we are vain to a certain extent. We all want to look good and you yeah. know, and then yeah. we start to change a little bit. We're like, wait a minute. Oh, I don't like that. And yeah. vitiligo is something you really can't change. You can get a treatment. Right. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But you can get a treatment, but it's not guaranteed to work. And your vitiligo can spread. And I think from there we just think the worst. We we see ourselves as our own monster, you know, like a monster movie. And, no, we have to look at ourselves as human beings first with people, you know. Um, Kevin, have you tried any treatments at all? Anything?
1: Well, when you when you said that there was a fungus, um, I was – before I had it, I was looking up, and somebody said it might be a ringworm. Because oh. it was, like, one spot on my leg. So there was, like, this – and I think it was just lavender oil. <laughs> but I bought it. It was, like, 40 bucks, And I'm like, we'll see if this works. Right. And I – put it on and it got beat red and it hurt and mm. nothing else happened. <laughs> and I'm like, the white spots back. I, well, it must not be that. So that's where I went to the doctor and I'm like, what? I can't get rid of this spot. See, and like for my doctor, she actually cut a big chunk right out of it oh. to do the biopsy. <laughs> the I biopsy, thought yeah. she's like, I'm going to do a little biopsy. And I thought it'd be like a little piece, but no, she took out. I mean, it was a huge, wow. <laughs> it was like two stitches. I was like, Whoa. So then, uh, <laughs> went went to work because i was working that day and uh yeah i went to work at the, the day job that i had for a little bit and yeah she called the next day and she's just like oh yeah vitil- go? and i was like it's not ringworm she goes no no it's not right. ringworm. <laughs> 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 But it it is it is funny how like so many people tell you what it it is before you right. it's like oh no that's not it it's it's this and it's this and no
0: you know. I used to have a spot in the top of my head um, and I was getting my hair cut one day and my barber asked me she said um what's that I said it's the same thing as this you know I shoulder my hands <laughs> yeah. I, I said but it it's gone like that mm-hmm. spot disappeared but it, what it did it thinned out my hair in certain areas like where mm-hmm. I had two spots actually and it's kind of thin i'm like oh thanks Ligo. you'll make me go bald before i want to you know <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's one of those things that i think it comes along with the territory um yeah i didn't do any tr- well excuse me i did the cream and i'll talk about it often on the podcast it was nothing to me it was like putting on lotion mm-hmm. so i stopped it was expensive lotion that did nothing yeah. um i was offered the laser surgery the light box treatment i'm like Oh, I'm not doing that. At this point, I'm going to... I'm Superman. I'm tough. But then I realized Superman has some kryptonite. And part of that kryptonite for me was finding a support group. And that's what I needed. Um, And I waited to 2019 to seek out support. Which which changed my life, basically. My whole outlook on how I see myself. Um, And I think for our community, that's important. Support groups are very important. You know, finding... People who are going through the same journey, the same that you're going through, that understand it. Um, now I know Scott, you've had some interaction with Alicia. Um, do you interact, yeah. Kevin? Do you interact with Alicia much as well?
1: I she came to a show, um, and that's because she was told that I because I told a joke about having vitiligo. Oh, so she, yeah. her friend was at the show. She told her, and then the next time I was in the area, she showed up and she got a hold of me and. And that's how I got introduced with her. So she'll come to a couple shows. Like if she sees them in the area, but
0: oh, awesome, um, awesome.
1: every once in a while we'll text, but yeah, I mean, that's how it all kind of started is I, I had the spots and I thought, you know what, I'm going to talk about it on stage. Cause why not? You know, I bring it up and I, and I, I started just explaining what it was. Cause I thought, you know, I'm going to tell you why, and you can't really see the spots, but I'm going to tell you, I have, and this is, and it's, then I did a Michael Jackson kind of, you know, a little joke about the Michael Jackson and, and your
2: affinity for young boys?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you moonwalked across that stage, did yeah, you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just do the high pitched, uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. move on. But yeah, that's how that's how she got a hold of me. She she just figured well, it out. Cool. And I was like, uh, and I, that was when I got. But see, and then, like for me, I never was. I guess I'm pretty good. Like I don't have anxiety and stuff. So when this started happening. I always look at it as it's, it's not my problem, it's, it's your problem if you have an issue with absolutely, it. And absolutely. And I never looked at it as, and maybe I'm just not like, I don't care what I look like as much maybe, I don't know, but for me, it's, a, it's like, hey, if, yeah, I got spots. If you don't like it, that's, that's a you problem, you know? Absolutely, absolutely.
2: My mother-in-law sold uh, makeup for uh, Elizabeth Arden and, and a number of different places. And, and, you know, I went to her and I said, you know, I've got, I've got these spots showing up on my hands and um she she said well let's try some tanning solution you know thinking well all it did was made the dark spots even darker you know and then you did some rings around them and then, yeah you had these little rings that were you know surrounding these white areas but, yeah it was, it was a mistake um but um, but yeah we, we tried you know we tried some different stuff but nothing yeah the creams didn't do anything for me either and and um you know again i I don't have any pain with it and I know it's not going to kill me. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm okay. And, and, you know, I don't have little kids laughing at me or doing anything like that either.
0: So then, yeah. you know,
2: I, I can live with that too. So
0: Oh, and, and little kids are funny. Um, yeah. I had a little girl one time and, uh, working at camp and she looked at me she kept staring. I'm like, okay, why is this little girl staring yeah. at me? She said, Mr. Mark, you look like a cow. I'm going to eat you. And I was like, what? You, know, you can't eat me. I'm a human being. But I, I think she must have gone home and told her mother she was going to eat me because I looked like a cow because the next day she came and apologized. You know, okay. like, it's okay. I mean, yeah. I didn't think you're really going to stab me with a yeah, knife yeah. and cut me up and start eating me. No. Um, but, but kids see things from a different view than the adults. Um, yeah. Which and, is really and, refreshing. Yes. Adults are brutal. Like, yeah, we make yeah. comments to hurt and and to do damage but the kids they're curious they want to touch it does it hurt and yes I'm that guy that if you touch my skin I go ow oh no it doesn't hurt I'm kidding you know um but then I would play around with it they're like well what happened to your skin I said nothing happened to it I have bio-enhanced camouflage I said what's that so I can blend in with everybody so I'll just find a couple of kids my complexion or somebody and just stand between them and they're like oh that is so cool I'm like okay, I got to have fun with this too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and we're going to get to the comedy part of it. Um, I think it once we get to a stage of acceptance of our condition, we learn how to laugh about it. You know, some of the things that we go through are funny. You know, when we look back on it, it may have been hurtful at the time, uh, but we look back and it's like, oh, man, that was actually funny, but I couldn't laugh at the time. I was dating someone that she used to always... Crack jokes on me because I wore these long sweaters to cover my hands. Like I would pull them over my the tips of my fingers, so you couldn't see my vitiligo. And she would always say, "Why are you wearing those, uh, Mr. Rogers sweaters all the time?" And I'm like, "I like my sweaters, (laughs) but now I'm feeling (laughs) self-conscious about my sweaters." I'm like, "Come on, man! I'm trying to hide Mm -hmm. my vitiligo. Now I got Mm -hmm. issues with the sweaters, you know." Mm -hmm. But it, it is one of those things we do, you know. But let's talk about comedy. You two are comedians. How did you get involved in the comedy business go ahead, Kevin, uh, Scott, yeah.
2: Kevin, okay yeah, I'll, I'll, okay I'll go um I you know I've always dreamed of, of being on Johnny Carson so when I sat for the CPA exam you know so this is 40 years ago um 35 years 38 years ago um Johnny Carson was still on and right. and I, I laid awake at night before the CPA exam and I and I envisioned myself coming in and performing comedy on the stage, coming through the curtains and doing all, it, it was, you know, well, I didn't, you know, I'm in my twenties, I did nothing. So now I'm 45 years old. I'm the president of the Rotary Club in, in the area. And and um, I decide that um, every president has their own little thing. Well, my thing was gonna be joke of the day. So each each week that we had our meetings, I made sure I had jokes to tell everybody and 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 then it that invited other people to have jokes and so we would always do some jokes. Well, you you learn how to tell a joke. Um jokes are jokes are hard. I mean, you, you got to learn how to tell them and and so you know over the course of my year I learned how to tell a joke and and I talked to people who knew how to tell jokes and 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 try to figure out, you know, hey, this would be kind of cool. Louis Anderson was having uh a contest and at you know, he performed at the Northrop Auditorium for New Year's Eve, and and whoever um, won the contest got to perform with him on, on New Year's Eve. Well, he was looking for young new comedians, and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. And um, I spent the year; I didn't do anything, I didn't get anything prepared. Well, they had the contest, and I didn't perform, and so I thought, well, next year I'm going to do it. Well, the next year he doesn't have the contest, <laughs> and so so now so now I spent the year; I had my three minutes of material, I was all set, and and. Um, you know, when you've got three minutes of material, the only place you could go is to Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. And and um, if you're a first timer, you're guaranteed to get on. So I came home from work. I said, "Honey, we're going down to Acme on Monday night. We're gonna I'm gonna perform comedy and, and um and we're gonna bring some friends. And we went down. We just had a great time. the The amazing thing is they laughed at all the right spots. Um, oh, good. And and I'd per- I'd practiced. I had practiced my three minutes. I had my three minutes. Um, but I didn't allow time for laughter, and so, at Acme, I got to my three minutes. All of a sudden, you know, the the red the lights blinking. I have no idea why the light was blinking, but that was telling me to get <laughs> off the stage. And then they shut off the microphone, and I had to finish my last joke without a microphone because I, again, I went over my three minutes because people laughed during my comedy, and and um, and so you know you get hooked, and and. Um, I worked a lot of with Scott Hansen in town um, Scott's a nationally known but but you know he he made comedy in Minneapolis here and and um, and then I've worked with with Louie a number of times over the course of the years actually um, because of Scott Hansen and, and the connection there but I've opened for Jimmy Walker and Judy Tenuta and Jeff Cesario and and um, you know Alex Cole and Wild Bill Bauer all the local comics that were that were just fabulous guys and they gave you time and and they took they, you know, they, they helped you out, you know, yeah, I was a schmuck, you know, I'm an accountant for God's sake, what am I doing, you know, doing comedy for, and, but I had, you know, just a great time doing it, and, and you get, you get hooked in, I mean, I, you know, the bottom line is you get hooked in, and, and um, other comics don't like me because I have a day job, and I don't have to right. <laughs> earn any money doing comedy, and so, so I know that pisses them off, but, but at the end of the day, it, it I, I just really enjoy getting in front of people and, and telling a joke that, that um, will make them laugh. And, and so, it, you know, I've been doing it for 15, 16 years and I've, I've performed in Vegas and Omaha and all over Minnesota here and, and just had a great time with it.
0: so Awesome, awesome. Yeah, laughter is very important and, and oh, we yeah. definitely need some laughter now. the world Oh, absolutely.
2: And, and, and my clients, you know, I have to sit in front of clients every day and convince them to do something. Well, that's what comedy is. You, you're you're convincing them to follow you down the street, and then you take the left turn on them, and 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 right. and you know, and shake them up a little bit. And 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 so I do it every day, and yet, um, you know, it's still fun to get out and do it in front of strangers and and have a great time doing it.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, Kevin, tell us a little bit about your comedy experience.
1: Well, first, I want to say, for the record, I don't think comics are upset that you have a day job. <laughs> 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 because I think the majority of comics have a day job. <laughs> There's not many of us doing it full time. But yeah. The other thing too is like if you have if you're doing it full time, you're not doing the fun gigs, you're doing the corporates right. and uh right. yep. you know the, the ones that the HR person staring at you. <laughs> just waiting to pound.
0: Yes. yes. Um,
1: yeah. But no, I, I as far as how I got started, I when I was in high school I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. That was mm. my plan. But I grew up in the middle of Wisconsin, so middle of nowhere, no idea how to do it. I knew I had to move to New York, um, and then I looked at housing over there and, like, apartments, and I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. (laughs) So so I didn't know how to do it, so I just just moved on with my life. I'm like, I guess it's just, you know, something that a small-town person can't do. And um, when I was 24 or 25, I took a job bartending at a place that did comedy once a week, and I would watch these comics. I'm like, Oh, this is how I can do it. So I was watching them and, and I, I would talk to the comics. And, and then one day they, they said, Hey, we need somebody to MC. And I didn't even, I'm like, I, I know that you have to host it. I've never stepped on stage before in my life. And they, they said, would you want to MC it? And I said, yeah, I'll do this every week. No idea what I'm getting myself into. Um, so I get up there and I have, I, what I thought was five minutes of jokes because this is the first time ever up on stage in front of a sold out paid crowd wow i'm giving it a shot i'm the first one going up cold um it went horrible Uh, (laughs) i think i i lasted about 30 seconds before i went yeah you guys i i'm done here's your next comic i'm done and i already agreed to do it every week because i just thought it was i was just going to be amazing at it so it was too late for me to back out so every week i'm just stressing over trying to come up with something else something else and and then, like Scott said, the first time I got a laugh, I'm like, oh, this is, yeah, too late. I can't get out. Like, I'm yeah. done. It's it's like, got it's like crack. I can't, I can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I think I've tried quitting like three or four times. And so usually when I hear like these younger comics say like, oh, I did bad at an open mic. I'm like, yeah, let me tell you about my first time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, you people. only get better. Yeah, no. And that's, yeah. it. Yeah. I think... And I, and I always wanted to skip the step, like, of emceeing, because, you know, like, you're oh, I'm the first guy. Nobody really listens, you know, and you want to jump the next. And there was a couple of comics in Minneapolis, like Wild Bill, like Scott said, mm-hmm. Wild Bill was kind of my mentor. He's the one that he would come to central Wisconsin, and he would say, this is what you want to do. But he always said, don't skip steps. He goes, you, because if you want to be a headliner, you have to learn how to emcee. If, you know, right. if you skip that part, you're never going to headline. So I'm glad that he was there, and he kind of, talk me through it and i yeah. yeah. Now i'm headlining and doing corporates and so
2: and there not yeah, many people that will will take the steps that wild bill and scott and louie and have done and you know to, to help our our careers i guess i can call it um but yeah there there aren't many that will do that and and um and yeah i'm very appreciative you know to, to those guys for taking the time and, and just giving me stage time and 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 you know and but i asked scott i said you know how do you how do i get more time with you he says, put some butts in the seats and so um, that's what right. it's about. I mean it, it's, it's about inviting everybody you know and hopefully five of them show up and see and, but right. you had
1: you had Minneapolis and St. Paul area yeah, I, had, yeah. I actually had to open a comedy club just so I could get more time. I, I opened up <laughs> oh. my own comedy club I had that I ran that thing for six years oh, just wow. basically to get stage time. I mean I would bring other comics and then do yeah. what they were doing but it was just more
0: about me just getting my, my MC time. <laughs> awesome. so with with your what what's your comedy style because i know each comic has something a little different some people do impressions some people you know they they're physical comedians you know so what's your comic style
2: i do wacky accounting humor and nobody's doing that material <laughs> <laughs> so there's not a lot of competition out there for it and so and it's self-deprecating it's a little white collar crime and that kind of stuff right, right so so, yeah, a um, little, little religion stuff. And so my oh, Sister yeah. Mary Margaret whipped me into shape as a kid, you know.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. I'd say yeah. mine's, mine's more, um, I'd say, like, kind of Ray Romano, like that style. Like, just it's called the kids, about the family, kind of more family-friendly. And, yeah, vitiligo. I don't <laughs> yeah. think he talks <laughs> about that. but
2: <laughs> I, I'm going to start writing some stuff on vitiligo. <laughs> I can see yeah. that already,
0: yeah. <laughs> You can go up to somebody and say, "Hey, connect the dots," and yeah, yeah. Well, try yeah, to yeah. find all your spots on your body. Yeah. Well, um. It, it now, how? Do, so for Kevin, when you are talking about your vitiligo on stage and and mm-hmm. cracking jokes and things, how does your crowd receive you, or is, you know, how's
1: that? It's. I think it's tough because trying to explain it to people without right. oversimplifying it. That was the tricky part is because sometimes i think if i if uh if they're not on board with what it is they don't get the joke so it's like you right. almost have to and i thought of like going in depth and explaining it really fast of like the melanocytes and getting really <laughs> into it <like, laughs> right right but i'm like i don't know if that'd be funny and it, it's it's so i think if they understand what it is or at least heard of it because that's why i bring up right. michael jackson so then it's like okay it's, now you understand what i'm saying this is and then but sometimes they, they miss that part or they just aren't paying attention at the right Absolutely. spot and falls flat. So sometimes I just leave that joke out because it's like, yeah, you guys aren't smart enough to get this next one. So <laughs> Yeah, you kind of got to – you have to know your audience. Absolutely. Yeah, it's one of those jokes.
0: Now, real quick, and, and we're going to move into a few other things, and then we're going to get close to the end. Um, Not to dig deep into what happened recently with between – Chris Rock and Will Smith, but have you ever had any hecklers or challenges, you know, as a committee on the stage or ever a moment where you felt, oh, this might not go well tonight, you know, just maybe somebody out there who had a little bit too much of the um, adult juice and, you know, everything else?
1: Well, I think for me, I look at hecklers different. I think a lot of people think hecklers. Like what Will Smith did, I – I don't even know if that's a heckle. That was just. No, no. That you was, know what I mean? That, that was, was tough... something else, yeah. Yeah, and then somebody tackled Dave Chappelle shortly after right. that too. They yeah, got right. a on stage. But, like, so that stuff is, I think, few and far between. But, like, the heckling, I think some people think, like, oh, I'm going to yell something out at the the comic. That's kind of rare. Like, sometimes it's people okay. like, oh, that happened to me, and they yell stuff, which isn't heckling. That's just how they're having fun or entertaining. You know, okay. like, that's. Okay. So they don't realize that they're being a nuisance. So you can't really yell at them for doing that because they're having fun. And then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, can you be quiet? (laughs) You know, you're basically (laughs) telling them stop laughing. So it's as far as the heckling, I mean, it's kind of a rarity. I think the thing that irritates me more is the phones that people stare at because you can see their face. And it's like, if you're not even going to listen, like what's the point of being here? Like just, so that's what I consider more heckling now. It's just like, that's, that's, for me, is like, yeah, don't do that because I'm going to call that out.
0: Because <laughs> they don't realize they have that glow on their faces. Yeah. you're yeah. looking down. They, Nobody have no can see idea. It. they
1: think they're being Hello? sneaky too. They hide it under the table. It's just like, I can see you all lit up. Like, I know what Look, you're doing. <laughs> you know? Kids
0: do it in school. I'm like, yeah. why do you have a phone? What do you mean? I said, first of all, your <laughs> eyes are in your head. You're looking down. I mean, you're not looking at the floor. There's nothing down there but dirt. Yeah. I mean, you're like, you're looking at your phone. Put your phone away. You're not even supposed to have it out. Yeah. Oh, well, well, put it away. But yeah, yeah. like you said, people think they're slick, and you're not. If you go to watch comedy, watch the comic on stage. You know, yeah. pay attention. Actually, I just
1: went. I just went to a, a concert recently. It was uh, and the the singer. So they said no phones. And I just I got there early. Nobody was out. I mean, it was just everybody's just walking around. No band. Nothing's going on. I took a picture of the stage. And the guy came up and said, Hey, no phones. They don't want you to have phones. And I was like, well, nothing's happening. Like I thought <laughs> I'm not supposed to videotape an empty stage. Like I it just right. didn't make sense. Yeah. But the, uh, the last end of the show, like the singer of the bandies is like, you know, like we know stuff's going on in the world, but you can wait two hours. It's still going to be there in two hours. Right. So right. just, you don't need to bring it out. Yeah. And I, I thought I'm going to try to do that at the, my shows, but, uh, I don't have the clout that they have, so. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Put your phones away and don't come back. You can wait two hours or whatever. No, they'll look at you like you're crazy. Yeah, dad, we'll just wait I, outside when you're done. Yeah. And I don't get a lot
2: <laughs> of hecklers. I, I don't get hecklers because I think they're just amazed that I'm even up on stage telling jokes. you know, They're, they're just focused. and, and, and uh, But I, I don't have any problem with phones either. Um, you know, You'll get people that talk. Um, through the show that, that shouldn't be talking. And, and so I, I've seen some, some people who've annoyed the comic enough that he's asked them to leave. I mean, you know, big big name comics that, that have basically said, get out. And, yeah. um, and people are all upset and they're oh, going to go complain to the owners. It's like, no, you're not the show. The, the comic on stage is the show that's where your focus needs to be. You're annoying everybody around you because you're not paying attention and you're not focused on what's going on and Uh and you're ruining it for other people. And so, and that, that really is the part that I think is most annoying. So,
0: Yep. So let's talk real quick and then we're going to get to the end. Um, So World Vitiligo Day 2022 is almost here, right around the corner. We've been waiting for, (laughs) It seemed like for ages for this event to happen. Uh, every time, we, oh, it's going to happen next year. Nope, canceled. <clears throat> so what can the audience expect from you two that night?
2: Well, they told me no off-color jokes, and I'm saying everybody here is off-color. Which
0: one do you want me to be on?
1: So, <laughs> again,
2: they're, they're gonna get some wacky accounting humor that they've never heard before, and I think that'll be interesting. So, well, I
1: hope they get laughs. Yeah, that's what yeah, that's yeah. the goal. Yeah.
0: There, there will be there will be laughs.
2: There will be laughs for everybody.
0: That's good. And that's what we want. We like I say we need that. We you yeah. know, for the past I'm gonna say three years, we've just been excuse me, bombarded with everything from, you know, what we see internationally, which what we're seeing around, you know, our country and sometimes locally, we just need to get out and laugh and have fun and be able to enjoy one another's company. No stress, none of that. Well, we definitely don't need any stress because we don't need more vitiligo spots (laughs) popping up at the convention. You know, We we just need to just enjoy each other, you know, and put all the politics and all the BS aside so yeah. just all that needs to go out the door.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Well, and it's one thing with laughter is it does reduce stress. So so that's what they say. So I'm sure LIGO started laughing away.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maybe that was part of our problem. We weren't laughing enough, and and bam, the LIGO <laughs> popped up. Yeah, yeah. We start, you know, so hey, we're gonna think about that. We need to get laugh tracks in everything we do, so people can just say, <laughs> Hey, I'm enjoying myself. Um But no, but I really appreciate you guys coming on. What I'm going to do is ask, um, start with Scott and then Kevin, to give our listeners, because this show is heard around the world. Uh, We had 39 countries. We're probably at 37 simply because of what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, you know, between those two. So I'm sure we've lost both of them at this point. Um, But this show is heard around the world. and, And our listeners do reach out on Facebook. So, if you can just share some type of words of encouragement or something for our community, those with and without vitiligo.
2: Yeah, you know, we we do have to get together. We got to get our friends. We got to communicate better. We got to get out of our houses. We've got to talk to our neighbors. We've got to talk to the people down the street. Um, You know, the 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 hard part has been, you know, we've been threatened with COVID, and people have you know stayed home and 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 protected themselves but we've got to check on the lady down the street because she needs some help and we got to talk to mom and dad and make sure that they're getting out and doing the things that are necessary and boy i i I can't tell you enough just check on your neighbors and 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 don't be afraid to laugh let's you know that they're they're all afraid right now that that humor is is dying and boy if if humor dies then you know, we as a civilization are have, have lost our way. And and so don't be afraid to laugh. Yes, um, sometimes our, our laughter can, can hurt a little bit, but that but that's all comedy is based on a little bit of hurt in there, or the, the truth, I guess, is more than more really how it is. Comedy is based on the truth and sometimes the, the truth gets us a little bit, but boy, don't be afraid to shrug it off and say, yeah, that, that was, that was funny. You want to laugh at me? Great. I, I, I have no problem. I, I like think I say the, um, I said, don't, don't worry. I says, you know, that, uh, you know, don't be afraid because everybody's already laughing at you. So, you know, <laughs> it, you know, we're, we're in a, we're in a point where, Hey, okay, let's just have some fun together and, and keep moving forward because uh, there's a, there's a lot of life left to live.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Scott. Kevin. Well, I think as I got older,
1: I started realizing that, like, because, I mean, the the goal of getting into comedy at first, you're, we're going to get fame, we're going to get money, all that, but honestly, the older I get, I think I'm starting to fully understand, like, we all should just kind of be happy where we're at, you know, like, just, uh, what was it, Marcus Aurelius said, fame's fleeting, and we're all mortal, like, it's all temporary so i think it's it's important like like scott was saying be more social um you'd think with all the social media we'd feel connected but honestly i don't think it does that it actually feels like it's dividing but yeah we should like build our relationships personal relationships like the old way like face to face talking you know absolutely and, and just, I, I think just be content where you're at be happy with what you have. It can get worse, <laughs> you know, and it just, I mean, that's, it's, it's life. I mean, it's, it's just, I think we enjoy what we can of it and there's going to be ups and downs. I mean, you, you can't have heads without tails. You, you got to just have to deal with what you got.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it, all that, what both of you said is very important. You know, that laughter can help us get to those hard moments, you know. And I know sometimes people say, well, why are you laughing? You know, that's a serious situation. Sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And And even if you're crying, you have to find those moments where you find some joy and happiness deep down inside. So that is important, and and that goes for all of us, for our vitiligo community, for our family, friends, you know, people that are associates with us. You know, we got to find those moments that make us smile, whether it's a big moment or a little moment. And uh, for you guys, I appreciate you two coming on the show, spending some time with me. Um, And for the listeners out there, I thank you for listening in. Now, as I always tell my listeners, you know, The most, one of the most important things we need to do is show love, you know, love your friends, love your family, love your neighbor, love your enemy, but most of all, look in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. Once again, Scott, Kevin, thank you very much for being on the show. I look forward to meeting you two in Minnesota. Thank you so much, Mark. See you, Kevin. You're welcome. See ya. You have been listening to BitFriend's podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. BitFriends podcasts are sponsored by my Bit of Michael team.
2: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?